still praise you If you give me a miracle Yes, I'll praise you But without a miracle I will still praise you Welcome back to church. I am Sophie and I'll give a brief recap of last week's sermon. You know, we've been hearing about confessions and confessions means to speak the same word that God has said. So out of seven reasons why confessions work, three were explained and I will just reiterate them. Number one is confession sows the seed of God's word in our heart. You know, the word of God is like a seed that is planted through confessions. So when we speak the word of God, we are planting it in our hearts. And then because of the law of creation that says that every seed produces after its kind. So when we sow the seed of the word of God, we are going to produce exactly that. And we're going to have the results in our lives. Number two is confession makes faith to grow. We, confession makes us have faith. And you know, faith comes by hearing about the good news of Jesus. Faith comes by hearing about hearing the word of God. Faith doesn't come by listening to the news or paying attention to social media. Our faith is not in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God and in the fact that God already declared his word over our lives. So confession works because we are speaking from the place of faith. And number three, which is the last, is confession helps to renew our minds to the word of God. We do not think like the world. We do not conform our thinking to the system of the world, but we renew, we change, we transform our minds through the word of God by changing our pattern of thought to be in line with our new identity in Christ. So today we are going to continue learning about the reasons why confession works and I pray that the word of God will come to us in all simplicity and clarity. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. Thank you almighty God for how far you have brought us, how far you are taking us. Thank you for your faithfulness, your loving kindness, your beauty, your grace, your might. Thank you for your people tuning in from all over the world. Thank you for what you would do this morning. Thank you for breakthroughs in the atmosphere, permitting every area of their lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God, for the presence of God, lifting everyone up from doldrums to the limelight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God, for the healing balm, the balm of Gilead, touching lives right now in the name of Jesus Christ, creating divine health in our bodies, in our mental state, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God, that right now, oh God, the power of resurrection is touching lives, changing lives, in the name of Jesus. As we step into this service, Father Lord, may your word impact lives powerfully in the name of Jesus. May someone leave here this morning with an awareness of the supernatural power of God that is already at work in their lives and that has been placed on their lips, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Wonderful people, 
I bring you good tidings of great joy. Today is going to be an awesome day. Today I bring you the, the, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to be talking today about the continuation of the, of the message that I started last week called, you know, seven reasons why confessions work. Seven reasons why confessions work. Last week I spoke about three reasons. Today I'm going to only going to be able to focus on one because I wanted to cover the four, but there's just so much to talk about. You know, I won't be able to cover the four. So I will have to push the rest of the reasons to uh, feature services next week, possibly. Uh, by the way, before I go too, too far off in the service, I want to remind you our mobile app is coming out next week, Wednesday. We're going to be launching it in the midweek service. So if you want to uh, get to know how our mobile app works and download it and begin to use it so that even this kind of um, uh, worship, this kind of uh, service, you can literally watch it on your mobile app straight away. So that's what we have designed. So I'm looking forward to seeing you on Wednesday this week. And then next Sunday as well, we'll do the same thing. All right. Thank you so much for that. Now, last week we spoke about seven reasons. Well, I spoke about three out of the seven reasons why confessions work. First thing I spoke about was confessions sow the seed of the word of God in your heart. That is a kingdom principle that if you want to get anything into your heart, into your heart, you have to speak it. And we use that to look at the parable of the sower. The parable sows a seed in the ground and the seed is the word of God. All right. So when you speak the word of God out of your mouth, it's like you are planting seed in the ground. All right. So the, the ground becomes your heart. The word of God becomes a seed, you know, or the seed becomes a word. Or that's the case maybe. So confessions work because it is the way in which we plant the word of God in our heart. The word of God cannot be planted in your heart just by reading it. When you read it, you meditate on it, you speak it out of your mouth. Then that word is being planted in your heart. So, why, one reason, the first reason confessions work is because confessions sow the seed of the word of God in your heart. Again, please, if you miss it, go back and watch uh, the message on YouTube. The second reason why confessions work is because confessions cause faith to come. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by what you hear, right? But how can you hear unless they're spoken, right? So as you confess, you hear your own words being spoken out of your mouth. You hear that. And as you hear that, it creates faith in your heart, all right? So because the word of God has to uh, carries with it the energy of faith, when you speak the word of God out of your mouth, it releases the energy of faith that is heard by your ears, transported into your inner ears, you know, and it goes into your heart. Right, it goes into your heart, it builds faith in your heart, it comes out of your mouth again, and the cycle continues. Right, so confessions confessions help faith to come. Number three, confessions renew your mind. Confessions help confessions help to renew your mind. You know, the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that we should get our lives transformed through the renewal, the total renewal of how we think or the total uh, renewal of the way we think so our thinking process right therefore changes our life but how do you change your thought life you change your thought life by being open to the truth how do you get open to the truth the truth you can read the truth about god's word but again as you speak those words out of your mouth your your ears will hear it goes into your heart as it goes into your heart the words that you're heard that has gone into your heart would neck down then paint pictures in your heart so paint pictures in your heart those pictures 
are replacing any other picture that you may have. So if you have a picture of sickness in your heart, the words of healing that you're speaking will go into your heart and change those pictures into the picture of divine health. You repeat that over, over and over, repeat that over and over again, and you are going to begin to see results in your life. The Bible says your life is transformed by the way you think. So the fourth reason why confessions work, I'll be talking about today is confessions keep the answers before you. When you confess, you are keeping the answers before you. Now, you know, we've said this scripture over and over again, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you know that the same way faith comes by hearing is the same way that fear also comes by hearing? So if you're faced with a problem and you spend time talking about a problem, confessing about a problem, you know what will happen? Because you are confessing the problem all the time, you will end up having faith in the problem. And when you have faith in the problem, the faith you have in the problem now um, is more than the faith you have in the word of God. Because your faith in the problem more than the word of God, the problem does not grow smaller. The problem actually becomes bigger because you have more faith in the problem. It's the same way when people talk about what the devil is doing. Oh, the devil is chasing me. Oh, I had a bad dream last night. Oh, something bad is about to happen to me. Things are going down. When you keep saying those things, because that, that is what you keep saying out of your mouth. Remember what I spoke about last week in Proverbs chapter 15, that the words you speak can crush your own heart. You, the words you speak can cause your heart to shrink and crush and molest your own heart. Your own words can molest your own heart. Okay. So now if you keep talking about what the devil is doing, how things are bad, how somebody is chasing you in your dream, how uh, nothing ever works for you, guess what you're doing? You are building your own faith in the words you're speaking. But that's not what you want. I know that's not what you want. That's not what I want. If I find myself in problems, what do I want to do? I want to get out of that problem, right? But but unknown to us, when we talk so much about a problem over and over and over again, unfortunately, what we do is we have faith in the problem and then we only see the problem. We become the problem. We have faith in that problem. How is that possible? So if I have a problem, should I not speak about the problem? How do I get help if I don't stay the problem? Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example to, before I answer that question. Let me give you an example that will bring this to light. I have a story here. It might be on the screen, it might not be, but I'm going to read it. Suppose you're driving and you're going to a place. Maybe you're going to see, uh, you're going to, you're going on a family vacation, say, suppose, to a place that you have looked up on the map. You know, oh, this is going to be a great place for me to spend summer with my family. You haven't been there before, but you decide to drive right and because you haven't been there before you don't know that route what did you do you put on your gps or sat nav you, you plot the postcode in the sat nav the destination where you want to go and you start to drive now you turn in and you began to drive uh the gps is taking you to a destination but the gps is taking you through a route that you have not been before you haven't traveled there before and it's such a route for you that you haven't traveled there before that the terrain would look unfamiliar to you but now, but you're not baffled. You know why you're not baffled? Because you have the GPS. The GPS uh, is doing its job. So you're not worried about, oh, what, what if the GPS is going to the wrong place? You're not worried. You, you have absolute trust in the GPS because the GPS is doing its job. When you face a roadblock, 
where you pass through a place where the landmark may have shifted, where possibly you may have to do a U-turn. You are not worried. Why? Because you are following and following the leading of the Satan have right. Okay. All right. So now when Jesus Christ said in Mark chapter 4, let us go to the other side. I believe I shared that last week or week before. Let us go to the other side. What he was doing was he was using his word that he has spoken out of his mouth like a sat nav. He used his word to set the direction of travel. Let us go to the other side. Jesus Christ determined the outcome of what he wanted to do by saying, let us go to the other side. He determined the outcome. How did he determine the outcome? By the spoken word. So that even when they face the storm later in the journey, the storm that they faced did not circumvent or disrupt the end goal that Jesus Christ had set with his own mouth. Essentially based on his confession of what he was going to do, regardless of his circumstances along the way, the, 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 the direction that he has set in place still came to pass. Let's look at the story. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to, verse, verse 35 to 41. The Bible says, On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. And now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. Verse 38. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care what that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Verse 41. And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? So from this example, we saw that the word of God, the word of Jesus, the word he said out of his mouth, let us go to the other side, was the beginning of a certain direction of where they should go. The same word of Jesus was used during the journey when trouble arose in the form of the storm. The word of Jesus Christ came and said, peace be still. And you know what? When they got to the other side, in the book of uh, Mark chapter 5, the Bible said they encounter a man who was demon possessed, who used to who used to uh, stay in the tomb um, in the, grave, the graveyard, and just Christ delivered him again. How by the spoken word? So it was the word that was used to set direction. It was the word that was spoken when turbulence arose. It was the word that took them to the other side. So in your own life right now, you might be facing a delay. Maybe you are waiting for an outcome that hasn't come yet. You are believing God for a child. You are, you are believing God to get married or you are believing God, you know, to start your own business or your business might be looking tight at the moment. Things are not looking good. Your cash flow may be impacted. You know, it could be a number of things that may be happening. Have you set the direction by the spoken word? Are you using the word right there in the storm? That is what Jesus Christ did here. So the word that Jesus Christ said are crucial the same way the word of Jesus Christ is crucial is the same way your own word too is crucial see the word of Jesus set goals the word of Jesus Christ set directions the word of Jesus Christ set things in motion the word of Jesus Christ also frames things into its place I want to look at that word framing for a moment Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 
Hebrews 11, the Bible says, through faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen, that which we see, and were not made, they were not produced by the things which do appear, which means the things that we see, the things that we see do not have their origin in the things that we see. The things that we see do not have their origin in the things that we see. The things that you are seeing physically right now in your life, the storms that you might be going through, does not have its origin in what you are seeing with your physical eyes. What this means is that there is a source of the challenge you are going through that is not physical. It's something that you cannot see. Therefore, if I were you, what should you should eat? And if I were you, what would I do? I will go to where the source is to address it. Because if you think, if you have a river, a river is flowing. Imagine you have a river that's flooding. Oh, actually, let me use another analogy. Suppose in your house, you put on the tap and uh, the faucet, you know, got broken and the water started drip, dripping everywhere. Where is the best place to stop the water? Is it by just carrying buckets and just fetching the water from the tap? or covering the, 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 the tap with a lot of clothes, or actually going behind the sink to find the the, 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 um, the source at the back of the, the, the faucet and just switch it off. Or, worst case, go outside to where the, uh, uh, the, the water uh, point is, open it up and switch it off from there. You're switching off from the source as it were. That's what you would do, right? In the physical, that's what we do. You know, in the natural, it's not different. We encounter a challenge. We ask the question, what is the source of this problem? You realize the source is not just physical. The source is supernatural. The source is invisible. What do you do? You go to that source and you go and deal with it. So when the Bible used the word framed in this text, Hebrews 11, 3 says, through faith, we understand that the words were framed. The word framed there is the word katatizo. And one of the meanings is God is to render, to fit, to, to fit something, to make it complete, or to mend what is broken, or to repair what is broken. Okay, like you have a net, the net is broken, you fix it. When you fix it, you have brought it back to its original state. That means you have catatizoed it. Okay, another thing is to complete, so make something complete. Something is not complete, you make it complete again. What you have you done? You catatizoed it. Okay, another thing is to put in order to equip to equip something so so for example let's say you're going on on a journey and you need, you need a jack in your car you know so that if you get a, a puncture tire you can change your own tire right on the road so when you get when you go and get a jack and put it in your car what have you done you have equipped your car with what is missing that's an example that we can, we can all relate to the car is missing the jack you go get a jack that means when you Catatizol the car is because you have put a jack in there. The car is now complete. Or the other another word is to fit or to frame for oneself. And the last one, the last one I actually love is to make one what it ought to be. So essentially, if you apply this meaning into this Hebrews eleven three, you begin to understand. The Bible says the words, what you see in this world, everything you see in this world was framed was catatizod was equipped for its intended purpose the sun came up when it was meant to come up and is doing its job the moon does its job the wind does its job right equipped 
for what they are meant to do. How? By the spoken word. By the spoken word. So God used words to set everything in place. And what does this mean? The implication of this realization of this truth, what it means is this. The things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The things which you can see today with your eyes are not made of things which you can see with your physical eyes. Or you could say this way, the things which are seen were made of the things which do not appear. The things which are seen are made of invisibility. You could say God caused everything into existence that we can see from the in another realm that is invisible. Or you could say everything that you need today is already in tangible form in another realm. That realm is invisible to you, but it does not mean that the thing is not tangible. In that realm, the thing which you are looking for is tangible, but you just cannot see it. So everything you need is already in tangible form in the invisible realm before they became manifest or visible in the physical realm. And it is through the spoken words that you will bring that which is in the invisible realm to be, to be brought into the physical realm. The words you speak will bring something from the realm that you cannot see into the realm that you can see. What this therefore means is that if there's something in your life that is missing today that you don't have, know that you already have that thing in the unseen realm, in the invisible realm. And to bring that thing to the realm where you can see and use it, you have to use your mouth to speak. And this is the principle that God has used to create the universe. So, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27, God said, God created man in his own image and after his own likeness. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So, God says, you are like me. You are like me. You are like me. 100. God is saying to you, you are like me. You are created in my likeness, which means that you can do what I am doing. You are meant to behave or act the way I have acted. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says, follow God's example, therefore as dearly loved children. Which means if I want to follow God's example, what will I do? I need to learn to create how God created. How did God create? The Bible says he spoke what he wanted and he brought into tangibility from intangibility what he wanted. How did he do it? He spoke his words of faith. So now, here is a truth that is worth bearing in mind. Because you know that the solution that you are looking for already exists in the invisible realm, what that will do is that it will enable you to persist in the confession you are making with full assurance until you have received that which you have confessed. I'll say that again. If you know that in the intangible realm, what you are looking for already exists. And the Bible says those things which exist are brought into reality from those things that do not exist. How? Through the spoken word. It means that because you know what you are looking for already exists, it means that you are then able to persist in the spoken word until you receive what you are looking for. So, that's what the Bible means that we should hold fast the confession of our faith. So, let's go back to the story I said earlier with the Satna story. 
Suppose in this story, the satnav now represent the word of God. Just like we've seen Jesus Christ set the word of God to say we are going to go to the other side. That's the word of God. That's the satnav. So the satnav is the word of God that set the destination. Now, question is, if you meet the roadblock on the way, or even if you have to take a detour, do you all of a sudden say, this satnav doesn't work? You say, oh, satnav doesn't work anymore. If satnav has told you to pass through a particular route, you go to the, on that journey and there was a roadblock. Do you suddenly say, this satnav is no longer working? You won't say that because when you get to that roadblock, the satnav will tell you to take a detour, to take another route. And remember, you have not been on this terrain before. So if the satnav tells you to go on this path and turn this and turn left and turn right and whatever, what do you do? You follow the satnav. Why? Because you believe the satnav knows what it is doing. So, as long as the satnav is still charged, it has the latest software, you know that it will take you to the destination. You don't say, oh, memory satnav has stopped working or things have gone wrong with it. No, you said, no, this satnav is the one that has plotted the pathway, knows the road, knows everything that is ahead of me, and has plotted, plotted the pathway. If I run into a roadblock, I don't say, oh, man, this satnav doesn't work anymore. I don't say that. I don't say that, right? So, it may take long, longer, to get to where you are going, either through roadworks or roadblocks, or maybe the territory has changed, but you never ever doubt that the satnav will take you there. So your own confession is that the satnav that will take you to where you are going, no matter how many detours you take. During your during what we call the detours of life, I'm begging you, never lose faith in the satnav. Never lose faith in a satnav to do his job. The same way you don't lose faith in your satnav when it's taking you to some places. You don't know the terrain, but it's telling you turn left, turn right. You're thinking, how am I? Are we passing through here? This doesn't make sense. But you don't lose faith in the satnav because you know the satnav will take you to where it has said it was going to take you to. More often than not, the satnav takes you to where you where it where it's been plotted that it should take you to. So the same way your word in this manner, in, in this story, your word becomes a satnav that set the direction of your life. So, don't lose faith in the power of your confession of the word of God, even when things appear to suggest that nothing will work for you. I'll read that again. Don't lose faith in the power of your own confession of the word of God, even when things appear to suggest that nothing will work for you. The same way you don't throw away your sat nav when you face a detour is the same way that you must maintain the confession of your faith. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 23, the Bible says, Let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it, for he will promise is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. So, when you have a satnav, the satnav takes you to a detour because you, possibly you hit a roadblock or you can't pass through the, the way the satnav says you passed before. It's like, oh, there's a roadblock here, right? You turn around. And the satnav says, turn left, turn right. You might be taking you through some pathway that you don't know, but you don't doubt and say, oh, maybe the satnav is gone cuckoo. You don't say that. You you keep going until you get to where you're going because you know the satnav will always find the pathway to get you out of where you may find yourself and take you to the other side. It is the same way with the word of God. Your confession keeps the answers before you by doing what? That by when you face a roadblock, 
your confession keeps saying you are going to get to where you are going. Your confession helps you to keep going, keep moving. Keep, the same way you won't throw away your satna. Don't throw away the word of God and say the word of God doesn't work because you hit a roadblock. Don't do that. The Bible here says, let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our, our acknowledgement of it, for he who promised is reliable, sure, faithful to his word. So what do we see here? We see that we are to hold fast and retain without wavering. What are we to hold fast and retain without wavering? The hope. The hope set before us. The goal of where we are going. That sat now you have put your your put your kid in the, the postcode of where you're going and you just keep taking you there. That is the goal, that is the hope, that is what you where you want to get to. Hold fast and retain without wavering. When you hit a road, but don't say this doesn't work again, throw away the sat now. No, you say no, the word of God will work for me, things are working for me. You hold fast. To your confession you hold fast your confession you hold it you don't lose it. you retain it you, you you retain it you know you you take like this and they, this, is, this is the word of god you retain it right you hold fast and retain it how do you hold fast and retain the word of god by laying hold on it by keep saying what the word says even when it doesn't look nice when it doesn't look good what do you what do you hold fast and retain without it with me the hope not the fear not the pain, not the uh, early money that is about to be paid, not the divorce coming on, not the uh, the child going down the drain and uh, going leaving school, not not the finances going down the drain. You don't hold on to that. Bible says, hold on to the the, the hope, hold on and hold fast and retain the hope, the hope. I'm going to talk about it in a moment, but hold fast the hope. Then what do you also do? You must continue to cherish and confess and acknowledge the hope again not only must you hold fast and retain but you must continue to cherish to confess and acknowledge the hope so essentially what he's saying here is the way to hold fast and way to retain without wavering the hope is to what is to cherish the hope is to confess the hope is to acknowledge the hope so if you have a hope that tomorrow is going to be better than today even though what you are going through right now doesn't make sense, what how do you hold fast without wavering to that hope? Is by doing three things. Is by loving the hope. Paint a picture of that hope in your heart that is so good, so wonderful that you cannot let go. When you think about the hope of what you want to become, it creates a positive emotion in your body that you're so happy about it. Cherish that. Then confess it. Keep saying it. Things are getting better. Blessed days are ahead of me. My lives are falling to me in pleasant places. Even though right now, it might not look like lines are falling to you in pleasant places. But the Bible says the way to hold fast and retain that hope is to do what? Is to cherish, confess it. Say what God says about the hope and acknowledge it. Be, pay attention to it. Remember to tell yourself the good things are mine. Lies are fun to me in pleasant places. Better days are ahead of me. Things will change in my life in the name of Jesus Christ. Keep saying that. Why are you able to say this? The next one says the, that God is faithful. God is faithful to his word. God who promised us is reliable and faithful. Remember, say God is reliable. God is faithful. God is sure to his word. Why would your confession work even when things don't seem to make sense and you're confessing the word of God because God is faithful. Say with me, God is faithful.
Say it like you mean it. Say, God is faithful. God is faithful. Say it one more time. Say, God is faithful. Bible says, God is faithful. God is full of faith. God is dependable. God is reliable. God is sure. God, we do what he says he will do. God, we come through for you. Why do you need to confess the word when it doesn't make sense? Because God, the one who promised, is faithful to his word. When God says, I'm going to do it, he will always do it. When God says, I'm coming through for you, he will come through for you. Because God is faithful, you can be sure that the words of God you are confessing out of your mouth, the words of God that you are acknowledging, the words of God that you are cherishing, will set the hope for you and it will make it to come to pass. So you hold fast and retain the hope you have in Christ by cherishing, by confessing, by acknowledging it. So the hope you have is the answer you seek. The hope you have is the goal that you have desired. The hope you have is what the goal post that you set. So what do you do to it? You cherish the hope, you confess the hope, you acknowledge it. This is how you keep your this is how confession keeps the answer. That is the hope before you. Remember, it is the hope. The hope is the goal. The hope is the answer. The hope is where you are going to. So it is it is the way to keep that hope. That answer before you is by confessing it. Bible is very clear. You confess it, you cherish it. That you love the hope. You don't let something tarnish that hope. You hold on to that picture. You confess it. You say what God says. You make confession coming out of your mouth to be in line with the hope that you're holding on to, and you acknowledge it. You say it is mine in the name of Jesus Christ. Why can you be bold to do that? Because God backs His word up. God, who is reliable, who is faithful, who is sure, backs up His word. Praise God forevermore. So let's go back to the analogy of the sat nav again. That's the story, the angle. I want to give you another angle to that story. Now, suppose now as you travel on this unfamiliar terrain, remember we said the word of God is a sat nav that sets your life and you go where you should go, right? But you've got a roadblock. And I say if you've got a roadblock, the sat nav will say to you, turn left, turn right, and it gets you out of there. You don't throw away the sat nav, so you don't throw away the word of God. We've covered that. But let's look at another angle. Suppose now you're traveling on this unfamiliar road. You suddenly realize that the sat nav is losing power and you could not find a place to charge it you scramble around in, in the in the glove compartment you look around you couldn't find a charging any charge point in a short while the power went out of your sat nav and it dies Whew, now you don't have a sat nav you don't have a direction you don't want to stop you need to drive forward but you are not sure about where you are going now you start to become worried possibly exasperated because any wrong tongue can delay your journey in fact worse you can get lost so in that state of worry or for you trying not to worry you became worrisome right you end up taking the wrong turn and you drove around in circles possibly for hours eventually you came out of the car to figure out what are you gonna do just watch that story now look at these two responses and tell me which one you will choose there are two responses that will get you out of where you are in light of the situation that i've just described number one the first response you had or you you wanted to choose is you spent 15 minutes crying and being anxious and thinking of the worst that could happen to you you use your imagination to see how you could end up sleeping in your car that night 
and how it may be cold you could easily feel the chill of the cold of the of the hair coming through the car because you couldn't you couldn't put on your your car throughout the night and run it right so the more you think about it you're afraid what if you get assailed by armed bandits the more you think about it the more you think about the prospect the weaker you became you become weaker you become tired you are afraid you are so petrified you refuse to do anything you just got stuck what am i going to do but you got stuck but you kept saying to yourself oh i'm lost oh i'm so lost oh i'm so lost there's no way i'm going to get out of this this situation is so hopeless that is the first reaction let me paint you another reaction another reaction that will happen here is this you acknowledge truly that there is a problem that you are indeed lost but immediately you run through your mind to conjure up images of how you have faced impossible situations like this in the past and how God came through for you you run through in your mind how help came through for you in the process and how you are able to overcome the challenge the more you think about the passing errors and the faithfulness of God you find that your heart rate began to be normalized your breathing became normal you started to become excited because you can see a pattern it happened before it can happen again it happened before it can happen again you can see how this will pan out the image you conjure up in your mind started to show you that it's going to be a pathway because god has done it before you have been through that before it's the same you that you have been through the challenges of the past and you came out with the help of God. And God is the same yesterday, today and forever. He hasn't changed. So in your mind, you're thinking, this is going to happen. A way is made available here. Slowly, because you kept holding on to the image of possibilities, guess what you started to do? You started to hum a song and started to sing praises to God. You started to sing, say, say what like, we make a promise keeper light in the darkness that's who you are that is who you are we make a promise keeper light in the darkness that is who you are you start singing those songs humming under your breath before it's coming out of your mouth over and over you start saying god is my shield and my buckler there's a, there's, there's a solution for me here. My eyes are opened to see and I'm receiving instruction and now I'm allowed to proceed. That's what you kept on doing over and over and over. I've got a question. Which one do you think out of these situations, these two scenarios? You face the same situation. You face the same challenge. You are lost. What each of these two scenarios in terms of the, your response to this challenge do you think is going to get you out of the issue? Or even if it doesn't get you out of the issue, which one will put you in a better mental state, in a better calmness, in a, sorry, in a better mental state or in a state of calmness and high faith to then allow you to be able to take on the challenge and think through a way out? Will it be the first one or the second one? I think option two will be the best one. Which will be the one I would say because as you're singing those things, you're calming yourself down. The calmer you become, the better you become. The calmer you become, the easier it's going. The calmer you become, the better you can think. This is where I'm coming from now. So when you begin to vocalize the words of God, what it does to you is that it calms you down as well. Now, look at the scripture here in Psalm 46, verse 10. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. You know, this scripture essentially says, you be still, you calm yourself down. 
then you will know that I'm God. What he's saying is that, is he saying that you don't know about God? No. Is he saying that you don't know God? No. He's saying that there's an experiential knowledge of God that you can only get to know if you are still, if you are calm, if you calm yourself down. So, in order for this presence of God to work in your life, you need to be in the right frame of mind. When you are petrified or fearful, anxious, or expect the worst to happen, the, the power of God cannot work for you because you are um, developing a, 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 a emotional, a, an emotional cross-current that essentially is working against what God is trying to do in your life. So, everything will be alright for you in the long run. There's a quote of mine that I say a lot. I want you to look at it. You can take it off and read it if you want. It says, as I used to say this, it is impossible for me to fail because I know without a shadow of doubt that my life is enveloped in the hands of a loving God. I'll say that again. It is impossible for me to fail because I know without a shadow of doubt that my life is enveloped in the hands of a loving God. So, when you are faced with a problem and you constantly confess the problem or speak the problem, then you will end up having faith in that problem. I said that before. Romans chapter 7 verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. I hear what? Hearing the word of God or the message about Christ or the words coming out from the lips of Jesus. The word of God will build faith in you. The word I just has spoke, if you repeat them to yourself over and over and over, it will go through your eardrums, it will pass through your inner ears, it will go into your heart, it will build faith in you. And that is the way that you can overcome. Remember the Bible says faith is what overcomes the world? The faith that overcomes the world first has to be spoken out of your mouth. The word of faith will have to be spoken out of your mouth, it will go through your eardrums, go through your inner ears, and goes into your heart. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. All right. So now let me put this twist in the conversation. You know, fear is the opposite of faith. Okay. So if fear is the opposite of faith, it means the converse of what is true for faith is now true for fear. The opposite of what is true for faith is true for fear. So you could say instead of saying faith comes by hearing and hearing by what the word of God, you could easily say fear comes by hearing and hearing by what? By hearing the lies of the devil. You know, Mr. Kenneth Copeland says something about this. I want to read it. It says, fear comes by hearing and hearing by the lies of the devil. When you listen to the devil, you will say what he says. By speaking his words, you are inviting the very thing you fear most to enter into your life. Keep faith coming out of your mouth. Keep your eyes and ears on God's word. Believe it with your heart and say what he says. Praise God. So, faith and fear come by hearing constantly. Hearing what? what? Whether it's the word of God in the times of faith or the lies of the devil in the times of fear. The more you hear, the higher the frequency you get, the quicker it's written on your heart. So, the more you speak the word of God over and over and over, right? You are creating more, more frequency, higher current, as it were, with, with the word of God. And the, the higher the current, the quicker the word can be written on your heart. That's why I tell people, when you do confession, do it maybe three times a day. Do it as often as you can do it. Because the more you say it, the more you increase the frequency of that word of God in, in, in the atmosphere of your life. And the more, the, the higher the frequency, the quicker the word of God can be written in your heart. How that makes sense. So, faith confession keeps the answers before you. Fear confession, fear confession keeps the problems before you, or fear confessions keep the problems before you. So, 
how do you get to the point where you begin to believe what what you that what you say will happen it might take you time first of all start to honor the words you say when you say you're going to show up at four o'clock show up at four o'clock when you say that i'm going to call you tomorrow call the person tomorrow you know what what you're doing there you are training your heart so as you train your heart to follow through on what you say you are going to do your heart begins to believe you when you say you are going to do something so now when it's time for you to pray and you say i pray for you in the name of jesus your heart doesn't say to you mm, are you saying the truth are you, are you lying i don't really trust you no your mind will not say that because your heart believes that you have been consistently saying what you say you are going to do you are following through with what you say you're going to do so if somebody is um if god says you are holy and righteous and you end up saying to yourself, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a worm, I'm a sinner, nothing works in my life. You are speaking against the truth of God's word. And therefore, you are not speaking in line with your, your new identity. Because you're not speaking in line with your new identity, your mind gets confused. And then it doesn't work. So, believing is of the heart. Faith operates at your heart level. Faith does not operate in your head. Faith operates at the heart level. So, to get that faith into your heart, what do you do? You, you keep saying the word of God. Faith comes out hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you don't say it in one time affair. You keep saying it over and over and over. Now, the word of God that you must say, it's not just because it's in the Bible. If it's in the Bible, it's the word of God. No. Let me give an example of the word that is in the Bible that is not the word of God. James, uh, Job chapter 3, I believe it's verse 25. Job says, the thing which I feared has happened to me. The, that essentially is saying, Job has lived his life. He was a master. He got a master's degree in fear. Even though he was going to church. He was doing sacrifices, but he got a master's degree in fear. And when he lost his whole his whole fortune and his children died and all that, he said, that which I feared, the thing which I dreaded the most has happened. Which means he has lived his life with the frequency of dread. That's the atmosphere in which he was living his life. And that thing became came upon him like a bandit. So, the fact that something is in the Bible doesn't mean it's the word of God. You've got to check it and say, what did Jesus Christ say about this thing? And what does the Bible now say about this thing in light of the new covenant, in light of who I am now in Jesus? That's the way to interpret the Bible, right? Okay, so how do you get the word of God into your heart? Or how do you hear so that when you hear, you get the word into your heart? Another scripture that will help us is here is in Romans 10 verse 14. The Bible says, how can they call him for help if they have not believed? And how can they believe if they have not heard the message? Now can they hear if the message is not proclaimed? You see that you cannot hear unless the message is proclaimed. And the message cannot be heard unless somebody speaks it. So when you speak the message, it will be heard. That's actually what he said. You cannot hear a message that is not proclaimed. So you cannot believe unless you hear. And you cannot hear unless it is proclaimed. So to get faith to work in your life, you must first do what? Proclaim it. So confessions put the answers before you. That's why you must confess it. This is a law of faith that some of us don't know. We don't believe it. I definitely don't know it in my early days. God took me a while to get to align my mouth to do his job and tune my heart to this. But you must speak out of your mouth so that your ears will hear what you say. Your ears will hear your own words coming out of your own mouth. And as you keep hearing your own words coming out of your own mouth, your words that are coming out of your own mouth will go into your heart and create new pictures in there so that your, what you are proclaiming will change your life. The word of God in your mouth is God speaking. So to manifest your future, simply learn to speak what God speaks about you out of your own mouth. 
Philippians chapter 4, verse 18. This is where I'm going to stop. Bible says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So essentially, the Bible is saying to you, if there's a communication that you are meant to vocalize out of your mouth, the thing, because the word of God now, the confession that you're making about your future, put the answers before you. You have to ask yourself the question as you are vocalizing those words out of your mouth. Ask yourself the question. Judge it against this litmus test. Ask the question. Is it true? Is it noble? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it of good report? Is there any virtue in what I'm saying? Is there anything praiseworthy in what I'm saying? I, I, I'm not making sense. So, so, so go circling back. Am I lying if I don't acknowledge the problem? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you might have sickness right now. There's no point in saying I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. That will not solve the problem. That will keep talking about the problem. But you could say there's sickness in my body, but I, uh, but, but by his stripes, I am healed. So what you are doing there, you are not ignoring the problem, right? You acknowledge that physically the problem is there. But because the answer is already in the invisible realm, and the way to bring the answer in the invisible realm is, is to speak the word out of your mouth. So your words bring the answer from, in, from the invisible realm to the visible realm. What you do is that even though you can acknowledge that there's sickness in your body, but you must at the same time say, I am healed and delivered because according to the word of God, Christ was bruised for my forgiveness. Yeah, it was it was by, by his stripe by the stripe laid on Jesus Christ. I have been healed. So I have been healed means it has already happened in the in the realm of the spirit. So I say it and call it to myself. That's the way you do. So you are not ignoring that maybe there's no money in your bank account. You're not ignoring that you know you have an exam coming, your anxiety might be trying to mount up. You're not ignoring it. But you are saying what you want because confessions of the confessions of the word of God put the answers before you. The answer is the hope. The hope is a goal setter. The hope sets the goal of where you are going. So you have to keep saying what you want out of your mouth because you see it, you are making that um, that goal or that hope more real. Always remember this. What you talk about more, you are putting more energy into. What you put more energy into, it becomes more preponderant in your life. It's as simple as that. The more thing you expose yourself to, the more thing you put your energy into, it becomes more and more visible in your life. Since you don't want sickness, you don't want poverty, you don't want pain, you don't want penury, then don't spend time talk, talking about it and talking about it. Rather, do like God, act like God, and say what you want. Call it to yourself. You know, keep saying better things are coming, great things are coming. So if your communication does not line up with Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, don't even meditate on it, don't talk about it, junk it. So, as long as you don't meditate on it, as long as you don't talk about it, as long as you don't allow it to create pictures in your heart, whatever you are going through cannot take you over. It is when you allow it to meditate, you meditate on it by speaking about it over and over and over and over and over, and over it creates pictures in your heart. Now, in your heart, the pictures of failure has really have so much time and space in your heart that you cannot, you cannot now speak the word that God wants you to speak. Remember, God knows you're going through what you're going through, but he has given you a strategy to get out of it. He said the strategy to get out of it is to say what you want, is to call those things that be not as though they were, is to call out of the invisible realm to bring to manifestation in your life that which you want to see. Bible said, by faith we believed, through faith we believe that the words 
the words were framed, catatizod by the word of God. So, so that the reason why God, uh, God catatizod the, the universe by the spoken word is for one reason. So that the things that you see, what you see physically with your eyes, are not made from the things that you can see, the things that appear. So, what I see physically has its source in the invisible realm. The invisible realm is brought into visible realm by the spoken word. So, when I need an answer, which is a goal that I have not yet seen in the physical, is a hope that is still there in the future, that I have not experienced in the physical, that, that hope, therefore, is in the invisible realm. That hope is in the realm that I cannot see. Because that is what I want. What do I do? I do like God. By faith, through faith, I believe that the words were framed by the word of God so that the things that I see, the things that I experience, are not made from the things that appear. So therefore, because the hope that I want, the healing that I want, the money that I want, the 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 the, the um peace that I want, the good results that I want, and whatever it is that you desire in this life, based on the promises of God, those things that you want because they are the hope. You don't have them now, right? It is the hope. It's the goal that you want. You, have, you don't have it. That means you. That means because you don't have it, because it's not physically here right now in, your, in the physical realm, it does not mean those things don't exist. Don't, they only exist where They exist in the realm that you cannot see. But according to God, the realm that you cannot see, you can bring those things you cannot see in the invisible realm into this realm. How? By the spoken word. Do you see now? So you now use confession now to set the answer before you. Every time you talk about what you want to become, even though it's not physical, you're not seeing yet, you are calling forth the answer. You are setting the answers before you. You are constantly now praying the answers. You are painting pictures in your heart of the image of what you want. As you continue in that space over and over and over, your heart becomes so enlarged with the image of the hope. All right? To the point that I want the boom. It just manifests. Am I making sense? Now, please, um, if somebody is watching this, maybe you just watch a clip of this. I just want to say something quickly. There's an aspect about acting, which I'm going to talk about maybe in two, three weeks' time. About when you, when you, after you start vocalizing to a point, it will, it will lead you to take action. There are some actions you are going to take to the spiritual guidance of the Holy Spirit because you have read your heart with a picture of what you want. But if you have not riddled your heart with a picture of what you want and allowed that vision to grasp your heart in light of in light of contradictions going on in your life, you cannot act in tandem or you cannot act with what I call divine action that will lead you to where you need to get a breakthrough. So the actions will be taken ultimately that will cooperate with God. But the first step is to allow your mouth to 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 bring to manifestation out of the invisible realm. That which you have not yet experienced, and it is through the spoken word. Praise God. I don't know if like if you get that, but I'm gonna to have to continue from next week from this point. But I just want to thank you again for being part of church. It is awesome to have you here. Now, as I go, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 53. So Isaiah chapter 43, sorry, verse 26 says, Put me in remembrance, let us plead together. Declare you that you may be justified. God is saying to you, put me in, rem in, in, in remembrance. Did God forget? No. God is asking you to, to, to for you to see it out of your mouth so that you will remember. God already knows what you want, right? Put me in remembrance. Let us speak together. And then he says what? Declare you that you may be justified. Are you ready to declare? Are you ready to declare? Hallelujah. Are you ready to declare? We're going to make some declaration. Uh, the declaration that we have for, for today, you know, we have for today 
let me see if I can bring that up. This is what we have for today, uh, which we have set out in the in the um, uh, in the WhatsApp group. For those of you that I know here, I'm just going to read it out. Praise God. Uh, so day uh, day nine, I believe day nine. Say I affirm, I affirm that I can do all things through Christ who infuses me with strength. I am mentally alert, spiritually sound, and physically able to carry out every assignment I have been divinely instructed to perform. Hallelujah. Nothing bothers me because I am one with the God who owns and controls all things. Praise God. You can read Philippians chapter 4 verse 3 that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So as you go in this week, that is my prayer for you, that you can do all things to, through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Say with me. I can do all things. I am doing all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I affirm that I can do and I am doing all things through Christ who infuses me with strength. I am mentally alert, spiritually sound, and physically able to carry out every assignment I have been divinely instructed to perform in the name of Jesus. Nothing bothers me because I am one with the God who owns and controls all things. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a wonderful day we have. Praise God forevermore. Please, as you go, remember you are blessed and highly favored. We are continuing this um, 30 day challenge about, about um, confess to possess. It's going to be awesome. Remember, keep saying what God says, no matter how it looks. I'll speak to you next time. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. We were blessed to have you. We hope to see you again on Wednesday for midweek service at 6 p.m. UK time, morning prayers every Saturday at 6 a.m. UK time, and Sunday service at 8 a.m. UK time. The replay for today's service will premiere on YouTube at 10 a.m. UK time. For love offering, kindly use the bank details on your screen, or you can scan the QR code on your screen to give via PayPal. We invite you to join our monthly Practicality of Grace series every first Wednesday of the month. The series features discussions with guests who take your questions and show you how to practically apply God's grace in different areas of your life. You can send your anonymous questions to the live chat on the website at www.thelighthouse.org. That is www.thelighthouse.org. Or you can send an email to lights at thelighthouse.org Would you like us to pray with you? Kindly click the link that pops up in the live chat and fill the form or you can visit our website at www.thelighthouse.org and fill the request form. You can now book a counseling or prayer session with Pastor Davis on Calendly. Visit the link on the website or in the description box and follow the instructions to book a session. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok on the username that is displayed on the screen. Don't forget to comment, like, and share our messages. Until next time, remain in your identity in Christ Jesus.